Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. And we're live. We are live and back. <laughs> I hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, I hope so, too. I don't know if we're actually live, though, because this is a recording, but it's a live recording, so... You know what? Uh, <laughs> we've said it a handful of times in a row, I, I think. So it's just just don't mess with it. Yeah, I guess. That's true. yeah, yeah. So we're live. Yeah. So I guess from uh, from my side, the weather here has been pretty bad. I know you'd love it. So we're up into like we were in like the upper 80s, 90s. We had a real bad storm yesterday uh, that chopped down a couple power lines and. Uh, kind of messed up the public transportation system a little bit, so we're having problems with the trains and buses. On top of that, they're striking, so <laughs> if you have to take public transportation, then you're kind of SOL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. And I'm just sweating it, I'm just sweating it out. As I've probably said a half dozen times, we don't have air conditioning, so I just sit here and just sweat. <laughs> Pray for the rain. Uh, and I guess all your prayers are being heard over here because it continues to be... We're not even in spring anymore. Spring's over. And it's still mm. the weirdest time of... The weirdest handful of months I have ever seen. It is just raining all the time. Yes, it's been raining for... It's supposed to rain for about 40 hours straight this weekend. And yesterday, it came down really, 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 really hard for maybe, like, 30, 40 minutes, which isn't that rare here. It'll happen, like, two or three times a year, but then that's usually it, right? It's like a hard and fast storm, and then it's over. Mm. But then it just went back to a normal, steady, consistent rain, and it hasn't stopped since. We have not gotten a lot of rain here, which is troubling, I guess, for a lot of people, because the ground is extremely dry so it's not like we have a drought but the farmers are kind of complaining that they're not getting enough rain so a lot of the local crops are kind of dying but i don't know global warming or natural weather changes or whatever you want to call it but i don't know some people pray for rain the other people pray for heat uh pray for sunshine and want to go swimming which i for the life of me don't understand why but why people would want to go swimming? Yeah, and like when it's so hot, yeah. No, I, I, I don't like it. That's because, that's why, because you cool down. Yeah, but the thing is, is when you go to like the pools, they're over, you know, they're overfilled. It's so like the brim. So for oh me, yeah, yeah. So it's not fun going to the pools when there are like two hundred other people there. So, I, I guess it depends on uh, the pool situation. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so that's the the biweekly weather report. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So today, what do we want to talk about? Uh, I think we were planning on talking about uh, two pretty. I don't know the word for it. Necessary related? is the wrong word. Oh, okay. no, they're kind of related, but I, I guess quintessential parts of the of the American experience. 
uh, trucking and truckers mm-hmm. and supermarkets. Yeah, <laughs> a very very complicated uh, subject. So I, you know, I've read like a lot of I don't want to say books, but articles that like to compare truckers to like cowboys. So you'll often see that comparison of truckers being considered the modern day cowboy, if you will. That 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 is. So there used to be less regulations in the field. Now there's everything is pretty regulated for maintenance and mm-hmm. hours. Uh, a driver can drive X number of hours, but then has to rest X number of hours. Like it's all very regulated. Uh, in a sense, that spirit's still kind of there, depending on what kind of driving you're doing. Because there are people who say um, Salt Lake City and Denver are two pretty major cities. They're not that far apart. I bet there are guys who their whole living is making that run over and over and over and over. Almost definitely. And then there are guys who they don't know where they're going. They're They're going to be driving maybe up to Billings, Montana this week and... Their dispatcher's going to say, hey, guess what? You're going to Florida, and then from Florida, they might go to Maine, and from Maine, they might go to Kansas, and from Kansas, they might go to Texas. It's just following the money. Oh, I don't know if I could do that. I that's, think that... that's what a lot of them do. I talk to them every day. Yeah, so you have a similar situation here with truckers, too, um, where either you'll have just the local you know, truck drivers that will pretty much stay within... A certain radius of their city, so maybe like 50 or 100 miles, but they'll be home for dinner. Um, but then you also have like a lot of them, especially from Eastern Europe, who will just be on the road for for months at a time. Just yesterday I saw um, a trucker from, from Russia. <laughs> so um, you see him from so many different countries, and uh, they're just always on the road. I don't know if I could do that, though, so... It's a tough life. I can tell mm. some people love it, and I can tell some people hate it, but it's it's what pays well. And there's one thing I want to say before we get too far in this, because mm-hmm. uh, as I've said before, and we're probably going to be getting deeper into than we ever have before, I work in this field, I have a lot of thoughts and opinions on it, and I may say some unkind or very, or kind things at some point, but... <laughs> The baseline we all need to be operating from is this country's skeleton is truck drivers. If we didn't have them, the whole thing falls apart. And like it or hate it, that is how it is right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I wonder if that's more true than for, like, trains. Because I know that, like, a lot of, like, the train operators were... Um, like on strike a couple months back. Yeah, uh, I think Biden forcibly ended that and then made it illegal for them to strike again. Yeah, which because is, which was super cool. Yeah, <laughs> sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people were worried that if they stopped working, then everything would come to a grinding halt. And I would definitely agree with you with truck drivers that it's, you know, it's definitely the same. Um, were. A lot of people see it as, I guess, see them as un- invisible or see it as like unnecessary. You know, just truck driving. But the, I mean, they deliver everything. You know? Yeah, you know how I kind of think of it is they're kind of like teachers. They're necessary, but 
but there's so many of them. So it's like, oh, your truck driver. I know five other truck drivers. It's like, it's 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 almost like not a big deal because mm. we don't function without them. Same with teachers. Like the next generation doesn't function without them. But there's so many of them, they don't really seem special. That reminds me of a quote from Futurama, um, where, long story short, Bender becomes God and was is doing a really good job, and then everyone dies. And towards the end of the episode, he meets God, quote-unquote. And then God says, if you do things right, then people won't know if you've done anything at all. And I think that's kind of the sentiment is they're always there, they're always working, and the system just kind of somehow just kind of functions. So then you ask yourself, well, do we really need them? You know, so people only complain when things stop working, but they don't ever say anything when things are working. And, you know, as someone kind of behind the curtain like I am, even I fall, you know, I, I can think of that. Like, I'll have a guy running a load for me and I'll think, you know, hey, it's supposed to pick up today at 2 p.m., deliver tomorrow, 4 p.m., whatever. Looks like he did it. Okay, bye. Click, deliver, done. Never look at it again. Never think about it again. Just keep it moving. But then when there's a problem, and there's lots of problems, then I just like, man, <laughs> why couldn't you just do it? And a lot of the time, it's problems out of people's controls, like a, a truck breaks down, or mm. there's an accident, or there's, you know, a million things can happen wrong in this industry. I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but one of my favorites, and it's it's not a happy story, but... There was a guy I worked with who was pretty new. He maybe been there like a month, maybe a little more than a month. And he was just getting out on the floor and getting to it. And a guy he was working with on a load, while he was parked at a dock and just got finished uh, finished getting loaded at a shipper, his truck was repossessed. Oh, wow. Including the trailer with all the product on it. So I I don't know what the resolution of that ended up being, but that's just an example of like our lives, like the lives of people in this industry. It's just chaos and new problems all the time. Yeah, a lot of the truckers they're contracted, aren't they? Uh, it's also so there's like uh, people can do like an owner operator thing where they like are kind of leasing a truck from the company they drive for, and they make payments on it, and eventually they just flat out own it. Uh, those are kind of traps. I think it sounds stati- like it. <laughs> statistically, people don't make enough money to actually make it worth it, and then the company just takes the truck back and does it again. And there are more just company drivers who get paid. So the whole industry operates on a rate per mile system. Like there, there's probably not the same for local drivers, but long haul drivers. They're rate per mile. So maybe you say, hey, uh, this driver makes 40 cents a mile, right? And uh, if he's not driving, if something bad's happening that he has to deal with, but he's not driving, he's doing that for free. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a very good system. I mean, it's a good system for the people who are having the driver drive somewhere, but for the driver himself, that sounds, you know, to be an uneven deal. It's not great. There are industry standards in place, like if a driver gets, say a driver sits at a shipper waiting to get loaded, right? And he's there Mm -hmm. six hours, like that's pretty unreasonable. 
the industry standard is after two hours, you pay the guy a little something every hour to be, be like, hey, I'm sorry this is happening, but is what it is right now. Here's some money. Huh. Uh, that sounds more like you're just doing it out of pity rather than, you know, thanks Oh, it's for not great. It's not a good trade. They'd be making a lot more money if they just got in and out, but it just... It, it is what it is. We we say that a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is. I don't know if it's the same over here, but I can definitely imagine. Um, trucking isn't necessarily a glamorous job. I mean, I've known a couple people who have been truckers and have gotten out of the business, mostly because they're not really interested in doing, like, long hauls, like driving from Germany to, like, Spain, for example. I don't know what the pay is. I guess maybe it's decent, but it's not, like, the most glamorous lifestyle. So if you do become, like, a trucker, um, then you try your best, I guess, to be, like, a local one. That's at least my impression. Um, but a It's lot of probably the... less money, but I think a yeah. lot of guys, like, they'll do the long haul thing for a mm -hmm. while. And then they're like, all right, I'm going to settle down, see if I can find some local work in my city. And then just, if you can find a company that will just pay you to, like, make, like, uh, you know, deliveries to restaurants or stuff like that in the city all day. Yeah. It's not probably the most fun work or most interesting, but you get to be home every night. Yeah, I have, like, the similar sentiment. So I used to work night shift. I did that for, like, three or four months. And the, the pay was really good, but it totally messed up my body. Like, it really messed up with my sleep, really messed my sleep. So I just stopped doing that, and I earned, like, 20 30% less because of that. And it's probably, you know, this kind of similar with, like, long haul. The, the worst part is a lot of the truckers are from Eastern Europe. So because of that, they get taken advantage of. They're often paid a lot less, um, and they have to work longer hours. And... I guess the industry maybe isn't regulated as tightly in Eastern Europe as it is over here. Um, and because of that, you know, a lot of the companies will just send a message and say like, hey, we're not going to pay you or, hey, you've been fired. And so there have been like a lot of strikes actually in Germany um, with truckers who have been fired by their companies while they're abroad. And uh, it's it's not been pretty, but that's been in the news a lot. So. You know, what's fascinating is I, when you say Eastern Europeans, Eastern Europeans are huge in the American trucking industry. Are they really? Like a lot of big players, a lot of them. Um, they're primarily based out of Chicago. So I know it's not probably accurate because I'm having a very vertical slice look at the you know, population of Chicago. Mm -hmm. But when I think Chicago now, I think Eastern Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> like if i see a chicago area code i'm like okay here we go like oh yep there we go and there and you know what they're it's interesting because i think we talked about this before but i i associate different regions with like different um ethnicities and cultures mm -hmm. and russia or we say we say russians it's eastern europeans i mean some of them are russian some of them are you know could be one of several things uh we think of them as being very pushy and doing everything they can to squeeze every penny out of you they can. But a, when push comes to shove, they're professional and they run it, you know, they run it efficiently. They're not very pleasant to talk to, but they get it done. 
I mean, I've I've talked to a couple truckers from Eastern Europe. I mean, for the most part, they're pretty nice. I wouldn't really be able to make any generalizations about them, really. But more often than not, if you're seeing something hauled, like if like when I because I drive on the highway almost every day, and almost all the 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 trucks here, they're all from Eastern Europe. Some of them are actually even further away. I've seen a couple from Finland, Turkey. Um, so that's even, yeah, I don't know how many thousands of miles that is, but it's pretty far. So, you know, to drive from Turkey to here, you probably need more than a couple of days. Uh, so I guess just maybe because it's cheaper to hire drivers from that region. I, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm I'm just kind of guessing. But for the most part, they're, you know, they're pleasant people. I feel kind of bad for them because, like I said, a lot of them work under poor conditions and they don't get like the best pay um so for that you know i have a lot of respect that because without them i think our economy would collapse too <laughs> yeah i at the end of the day i i have my complaints and i have my issues and i mm-hmm. might get off the phone with someone and immediately start like you know bad mouthing them to my coworkers because you know someone might have said something rude or unpleasant to me that i might vent about but people sitting in that truck at the end of the day, with a couple exceptions, have my respect. Yeah, There's I'm a couple listening. people who have done absolutely stupid, boneheaded, <laughs> like, I have had to threaten to call the police on people before. It drives me crazy. Uh, oh. I don't respect those people, but that's like a .01%, you know, outlier. I mean, you have black sheeps in every industry. I don't, I don't know if you can still say that. I'm gonna say it anyway. But <laughs> yeah, and there's also, you know, realistically, sometimes two people who didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. are in a situation where something goes wrong, and they kind of have to point the finger at each other, and that just, that's just human nature. So I, I, I don't know. I haven't explained it this week. So what, what I do specifically is I work in freight brokerage. So we have customers that are needing. some sort of transportation solution right and they hire us to deal with that so then uh, we go out and hire companies to move the freight and then Mm. we kind of we're the middleman and then we deal with everyone and then you know we we take our our cut of the price out somewhere in the middle but so a lot of people in the industry hate our guts i mean there's some pretty unscrupulous (laughs) brokers out there we try and be better than that but um, you know, it's, uh, the nature of the business is sometimes you have to be the bad guy. That's, that's a very interesting introspection. Um, I hear that a lot. Um, I think I've heard that kind of cons- co- comparison from, what are they called? Ticketmaster? Um, where they see themselves as being, I don't want to say evil, but like the, the, the necessary evil or like the necessary unpleasantry. Yeah. Um, for the, for the record... I, you know, I know what I do. I made peace with that. I, you know, I, I try and do it as ethically as possible. Uh, the system we have is not efficient. And I think the world would be better if there were no freight brokerages. Same thing with ticket brokerages. Like, our lives have not been improved by Ticketmaster existing. It's only made things worse and more expensive. Yeah, most definitely. Um, but I, I, I am self-aware of what I <laughs> I mean, it's, it is the job I have. The industry itself, I think, is fascinating. The logistics, the problem solving. Uh, I, I actually, 
when that huge rainstorm was happening the other day, I didn't actually get to go peek my head out the office and look at it like I normally would. Because I was on the phone with this nice man who uh, ran his own company, him and his mm. wife in the truck. I spent like 30 minutes talking to him. We were talking about how beautiful like the coast of Oregon is. And like, oh, yeah, like, uh, like I'm not I'm not messing. Uh, and I was saying I'm, I'm dead serious. Ten minutes ago, husband and wife that worked here, worked here the whole time I worked here with them. Great people. They just had their last day and they're moving out there to in probably like nine or so months to go work out in like uh parks and forests in that area because that's that's what their real passion is and we're just talking about how the mountains and he found a cool restaurant out there like you know the more humanizing parts of it that can be kind of nice yeah i mean i wouldn't be so (laughs) self-deprecating i mean I, i definitely think it's it's good to have a healthy dose of skepticism um, I, I think in general, middlemen don't have the best reputation because, you know, we always feel like those are the people who are driving the prices up, which is definitely true for things like Ticketmaster, where, you know, a, a ticket will cost like 30 bucks, but because of all the fees that get tacked on and things like $100. Um, and I guess I'm just kind of speculating. I haven't bought a ticket from them in God knows how long. But I can I can see being a trucker as being somewhat romantic, you know, being on the road, seeing different places, you know, seeing different people, you know, always yeah. something new. Um, and this guy I talked to, it sounds like he was one of those guys. Hmm. Now there's not a lot of guys like that. Um, I think they're an outlier, but there are some people out there that they get, especially him. He's dri- he's driving a team with his wife and they're together all the time. And sounds like they're, they're enjoying it. And they see, they see things, they meet people, and they tell stories, and doesn't sound like a bad life. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, if that's what they want to do, and they're happy about it, then you know, more power to them. But like you said, like I said, I don't know if I could do that, or most people could do that. If, um, but it, I, I'm definitely glad that there's someone doing it, <laughs> because without them, a lot of the things just wouldn't function, you know, as they should. Absolutely. Wouldn't function at all. Uh, we we saw a little bit of that <laughs> during COVID. Things were uh, things were a little dicey mm. in the industry when things were kind of shut down, but it's like people still need groceries. People still need toilet paper. People still need... Things got to move. Because I don't know if you remember that. You remember the toilet paper scare that was happening? Yeah, it was the same here. <laughs> so... That was a transportation issue because I remember there were pictures of, well, it was also a panic issue. People thought, what if this happened? I better buy some just in case. And then it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the restocking was a transportation issue because they were showing pictures of toilet paper in warehouses. Like, hey, look at all this toilet paper we have. We're not running out. We're just, it's just taking a little bit to get it to you. Yeah. I think we're so used to just everything being there. Like I said, everything being there, everything being on time and things just working that when things don't work, we start to panic. Whereas in like other countries, it's completely, I I wouldn't say normal, but maybe they're more accustomed to things just being out of stock. Like during the pandemic, I was shocked, you know, to go into a supermarket and see things not be there. Like actually see shelves that were empty when previously before the pandemic 
I had never seen anything like that before. So I go into any supermarket, really, and if I wanted something, it would be there. And then the pandemic hit, and the shelves were just empty, and people weren't driving, people weren't working. Um, I don't know if we're still technically in the pandemic. I don't think we are. But I feel I like from a scientific perspective, we probably are, but yeah. as a society, I think we've all just agreed we're done. Yeah, I, I think we've collectively moved on. Um, I don't know what else you can do, to be honest. Um, right. And, uh, one, before we kind of move on, there's one thing I did want to mm-hmm. backtrack on just cause we, you were talking about how Ticketmaster increases prices Yeah, and middlemen technically mm-hmm. do. I am just going to say, cause this is a thing. A lot of, a lot of trucking companies will play, will lay at brokers feet in the industry. Uh, usually our rates are kind of dictated by our customer. Our customer's like, this is what I'm willing to pay. Can you do it? So, like, for example, uh, salt, right? Mm-hmm. Salt is cheap. It's hard to convince someone to pay more than salt is worth to move salt, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I know so, what you mean. So, when someone is like, hey, I want to take the slope, but you got to pay more, I'm like, hey, man, it's salt. They just aren't going to pay more. <laughs> like, you can take it if you want, but it's salt. <laughs> And, and and the country will move uh, for, for, for snow melt, for, like, ice salting the roads. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, a salt season probably in, like, late summer where everyone's getting ready, and you'll move hundreds of thousands of pounds of salt. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so I guess if I understood it correctly, so basically, you know, you kind of distribute the loads, and if they take them, they take them. If they don't, they don't. There's some negotiation that goes on, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I won't lie, there are some loads, like, like salt loads, where, you know, maybe, maybe the company makes, like, 50 bucks on. It's kind of just like a, it's either, it makes sense on volume, or, you know, you keep a customer happy and you get the good stuff later. Mm-hmm. There's loads we can make, you know, four figures of margin on. Oh, uh, so I are, mean, any, it, are any of those hazardous? We do do some hazmat stuff. I uh-huh. always complain whenever someone bids on hazmat. I'm like, why do we keep doing this? It's hard every time, and we make no money. Stop doing it. <laughs> I actually have one I have to work on for early next week that I'm not looking forward to because I bet we will not make money, and it will be difficult. There, oh, there is one aspect I completely forgot. is you have to, you know, You have to do a license so you can drive a truck, and... What does it what does it cost? Like three or four grand? Uh, I don't know what it costs, but it's a commercial driving license, and there's yeah. driving schools and stuff uh, all around that'll help people do that. Which I think is really interesting. So for like most states, just like a regular driver's license for just like a regular car, nothing special, costs next to nothing. Um, whereas here, it's you're probably paying the same as you would pay for like a commercial license. So like two grand. And then if you're going to do, like, a trucker's license, it would obviously be, like, a lot more. So I always found that kind of fascinating, you know, growing up that people are like, oh, you can do your driver's license and it doesn't really cost anything. But if you want to do anything special, then you have to pay a lot of money. Yep. And then if you're going into the business on your own, you need to pay to have an authority to transport goods. Oh, um, I don't know Do you that. need a state authority? Do you need a federal authority? 
Like it's, you, you have to pay to like transport stuff across state lines, or is that something well, different? Well, it's it's your authority. So there's you have uh, like a number. So like, uh, they call it the MC, the motor carrier number. Mm. So every carrier has a unique one. We're up to seven digits now for MCs. I think we're up to like one five six, dot 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 somewhere around there, and uh, you need one of those if you want to take goods across state lines professionally. Oh, I didn't know that. Or you need to be running under one, like your company driver or something. But if you're in business for yourself, you need one. And you need to have insurance on file for cargo and auto and liability. It's it is not a it is not a cheap business to get into. It's not easy. A lot of guys are actually uh or have been over the course of the last year go been going out of business mm. because uh during COVID there was a huge spike. Because, like I said, the issue was with the toilet paper. It's not that there was no toilet paper. It's that they couldn't get it there. There was such a huge demand for drivers that rates rates might be in some places two or three times higher than they are now. Oh, wow. It was just that crazy. And uh, they, people were making so much money. So much money. It was, it was a gold rush. It was an actual gold rush. And like all gold rushes... You don't really benefit from it if you're not there when it starts. So all these other people who saw it started working on getting their CDL. They started working on getting their authority, their insurance, their truck. And by the time all that was done and they were in a truck and driving, it was over. And they made all these financial investments assuming they were going to be making the old money. And now they're stuck with the new money. And uh, and that's kind of how the market flips. bunch of guys enter the industry, rates go down bunch of guys go out of business because rates went down now they're gonna go back up we're actually anticipating it going back up not to like covid levels but just to just up in general here in the next couple months mm. yeah that, that that's unfortunate you know there's always like a hype same as like for programming you know yeah like you and, pro- and, and and you feel bad for these guys because you talk to them and you there are people who are you can tell they're new and they're calling in on a loan, like, man, I can't make, like, I'm going to lose money if I take that. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm sorry, it's it's the market rate right now. I, I can maybe throw in 50 more bucks, but I have what I have. And a lot of guys are in situations where if you sit still and do nothing, you might lose $1,000 a day. But if you drive, you might only lose 600 a day. Yeah, you know, it's a... Uh... Kind of like suck between a rock and a hard place kind of thing. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate and hard to talk to people like that. I mean, it's just it's just sad, and and I and I feel for them, and um, I I don't necessarily fa- feel bad when it happens to the bigger companies because they should know better. But the guys who just saw an opportunity to you know advance their lives, I I feel bad for them. Mm, yeah, I really do. I guess one last question before you move on to like supermarkets. So, you know, as a as a kid driving in the car you i would always like signal to like the truck driver so that they would honk their horns did you, <laughs> do, you know what i'm talking about i do i do do, do people still I, do I've that never, i've never actually done it i know <laughs> some i know some people will do it part of me wants to say they even cover that in driving school that you should probably do it just to be nice but yeah i won't lie the the kind of people i talk to a lot of the day i feel like <laughs> i feel like uh that would not. They would be like, "No, don't talk to me. Don't look at me." 
I used to do but that I also I am a person that a lot of people in this industry hate. I'm not a young small child in the car, so my <laughs> my viewpoint is very skewed. Yeah, I mean those those are like some of the things that you would kind of see in like American movies. I know my wife saw some of those things, you know, where the kids were sitting in the car and they would look at the trucker driving and would kind of like you know signal honk your horn and and they'd honk and and she's like, is that really a thing? I was like, yeah, I mean. At least it was when I was growing up. I don't know if like people still do that, but that was definitely. I, I bet you could still make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> you would always see a truck, and you'd always honk, and they're always pretty nice. But yeah, so while we still have a little bit of time left, I guess we can kind of transition to supermarkets because they're they're definitely related. So you know. Yeah, truckers. and oh my gosh, we just talked for thirty minutes about that. <laughs> uh, uh, we're moving on, but uh, I I apologize to to everyone for eating up that time. Uh, I am actually kind of passionate about the details of the industry, but moving on to grocery. Oh, no, it's definitely very interesting. I learned a lot, too. Um, I'm not super knowledgeable about, really, those kind of industries uh, beyond, like, the common knowledge. But, no, I also found supermarkets super interesting for the simple fact that the the common supermarket experience is different in so many countries. Um... I know that my wife is always fascinated about, like, the differences between American supermarkets and uh, German supermarkets, uh, the American ones being more pleasant <laughs> for, for the most part. I definitely feel like that's changed. I don't feel like people in supermarkets are as friendly as they used to, uh, used to be, but definitely more so than, like, you know, over here. Well, and it depends you know? what we're talking about for pleasant. Like, is pleasant annoying music on the speakers with people who talk to you at the door and like i don't consider that pleasant i would like for all that to be gone really (laughs) that's very interesting because uh like i said my wife absolutely adores that stuff now i think it's pleasant more in the sense of like you know small talk chit chat greeting stuff like that which all that doesn't really exist over here so I feel like a lot of the stuff in supermarkets is very transactional. You go in, you buy your stuff, and you leave. There's no like, there's no greeter at the door. There's no, hey, how are you? Did you find everything okay? Did you enjoy your stay? Come again. There's none of that. Um, I like, I go, I buy my stuff. They say, you know, cash, credit, or debit, and then you just leave. <laughs> that's pretty much the whole experience from from start to finish i try and operate that way so when i go grocery shopping for like you know like a, a pretty solid trip mm. like a hundred plus dollars uh i wear over ear headphones and i grab my cart and i go and i'm you know i'm not trying to be rude to anyone but i'm just like hey i'm here for this okay grabbing this grabbing this grabbing this when i get to the checkout aisle i'll pull my earphones down, turn off my music or whatever I'm listening to. And I'll, and I'll be polite mm-hmm. to the, to the cashier and, you know, make a little small talk maybe. And I, I actually shop. I prefer to shop at Winco here, which is actually, uh, it's employee owned and they don't take credit card and their prices are very cheap and you have to bag your own groceries. So it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this interesting animal, and that's why their prices are so low. They're they're not paying someone to buy groceries. They're not taking credit card fees, but the prices are just so good, and the quality and everything and selection is just 
about as good as anywhere else. So that's, yeah, that's, that's in, what I do. That's interesting that you say that because here that's pretty much the standard that they don't bag your, your, your food or sort of like your groceries or anything you buy really, they don't bag it for you. It doesn't matter if it's food or electronics or whatever. They don't bag your stuff, which I've come to actually love. <laughs> so I buy it and it's like, don't touch my stuff. Um, but my wife was always fascinated about the fact that you would go to certain grocery stores and they would bag your, your stuff for you. I don't, I feel like every time I go to the U S they do that less and less. And a lot of it is more like self checkout, which you don't see a lot of that here. I mean, there is like self checkout at like Ikea and whatnot. Um, but for, I would say like the run of the mill grocery store, it's pretty much all like cash register. And then they push all your stuff to the end of the, you know, the end of the counter, and they just just say like you know just bag it yourself, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a standard experience I would say throughout the whole country. You know, it's funny that you mentioned self checkouts, which for the record I love self checkouts because uh, one I'm fast at them, and two when I'm when I'm going in and I'm just getting a handful of things like mm-hmm. I don't want to wait like. I, when I used to work at a grocery store, it used to kill me when I was just, like, going on break and I'd grab, like, a drink or a snack, right? And I know I can get through this self-checkout in 30 seconds, and I'm watching someone in front of me like, how does this work? I guess I am like, oh, my God, it's not that complicated. Please move. I'm on 15-minute break. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, but what's funny is while towards the tail end of my two or three years that I worked there, they took the self-checkouts away, and the public reason was, oh, well, we just want more face-to-face time with our customers and cashiers. Ah. Uh, the actual reason was someone was worried stealing was happening. But they they brought them back a few years later, because I, I, I don't like to, but I will go to that store every now and again when I just need a couple things, uh, just because it's expensive there. But I imagine the amount you're missing out on by not letting someone just buy two or three things real quick versus like the shoplifting that happens everywhere, no matter what, like you got to be losing out in the long run, which I guess they agreed on. Cause they weren't gone. They weren't gone more than like a year. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really care about self checkout. I just wish that there was a trade off. So, you know, basically I'm doing their job. So you would think that the prices would go down, but obviously they don't. And, you know, you do self-checkout, and then they're standing there, and they check your receipt. So, basically, they could have just put someone there and rung the stuff up for me, but they didn't. Uh, it feels like the same system, but with more steps, or different steps, at least. And so, I, I, I find it to be very convoluted. But for the most part, I do enjoy, like, the American experience at, like, supermarkets more so than, like, the German experience. Um, if not because... I guess people are just more friendly, but like if you're always surrounded by it, then it it kind of becomes very, very tiring. And I feel like it's kind of, they use the friendliness at a lot of these stores as a way to get you to buy more stuff. And I think that's why people like to try to avoid it, you know? Well, and it's just, honestly, I, I know this isn't an issue for everyone, but a lot of us are running on a social battery over here. We don't want to expend any energy on, like, a, you know, an ultimately 
pointless conversation that neither person having it really wants to have. <laughs> yeah, I can get that. And I've heard that actually a lot from like my friends and family back home where, you know, I would explain to like my friends and my wife over here like how that is and how people are so open and friendly and they're like, "Oh my god, that's awesome." And then I tell it to my family like, "Oh my god, that's so draining." <laughs> Like, make it stop. I'm trying to think. What else? I mean, obviously, you've experienced both. What else is like a, would be a key difference between American and European supermarkets? I, I would say the biggest difference, really the biggest difference, but this has actually changed within the past 10 years, is being able to pay using your debit card um, uh, for any amount. So for like most, not even grocery stores, but for most stores here, you really only have like a debit card. They don't accept credit cards, but they're slowly changing that. So in like two or three years, you can universally use credit cards. But using credit cards here is really kind of hit or miss. So some stores will accept it, some won't. Um, Like I've been rejected by a couple because they say they don't accept them. Um, And it used to be that if you want to buy something with a debit card, it has to be from like a certain value so the general rule was either five or ten euros so most stores would say like hey like if you want to buy something it's your purchase amount should be at least like 10 euros because you know there are fees that get tacked onto that whereas in the u.s you can buy like a stick of gum with your credit card for 20 cents if you want um like they don't care so it's it's kind of like for I, i feel like for a lot of american companies it's kind of like take it or leave it so they'll just take it where here it's, well, because the prices are so high, we'll just leave it. And I've gone to stores where, you know, they do the receipts by hand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because they don't want to pay, like, the fees for the machines. And a lot of those stores don't really exist anymore because, for obvious reasons, they've gone out of business. Um, but that's the biggest difference is Americans have no problems paying, well, buying anything, really, using a credit card for even the smallest amount. Where here it seems to be kind of like pointless. Like, why would I pay for bread, you know, with a credit card and it only costs like thirty cents? Um, well, it's it's the opposite here. Like, it's it's not pointless. You should do it every time yeah. because you're getting like rewards or cash back on your credit card. Yeah, that's not really a thing though here. Like, they do have some like systems set in place where you get like rewards, but um, the rewards are really kind of tied to like the store itself. So if you go to like a certain grocery store, they have a rewards program. Or if you go to another one, they have a program. And they do have something called like payback, which is kind of like for like the whole country. But it's nothing it's nothing equivalent to like the American system where you know you get 5% back on uh, gas and 5% back on groceries. Um, like you don't really get rewards here. So there's not really an incentive to use a card. Um, if anything, people are more addicted to coupons. That's more of a, like a European style to really just go in for like deals and coupons. And that's how you save money as opposed Mm -hmm. to like using points. Yeah. I feel like the, the age of the coupon here is pretty (laughs) over. I mean, they still exist, but coupons are almost more advertisements now. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll get a coupon in the mail. 
mm-hmm. but it's not actually a coupon. It's basically just an ad. There's even like a snip line sometimes, but it's it's not a coupon. It's just a deal that's already going on that you could have gone and gotten without it. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of doing the same thing here too. So like when certain seasons roll around, I'll get like just blanket 10% off from like a clothing store so they'll send me like you know like a a coupon or whatever in the mail and it's not like a specific coupon it's just hey come to our store and anything you buy is 10 percent off so that's pretty popular um they don't have like this you know buy two get three kind of thing so buy two i don't know uh, two packages of like uh, of meat and you get the third for free that's not something you really have here uh you see it very very rarely and i would say in general a lot of the grocery stores a lot of supermarkets are much 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 smaller compared to like like the u.s ones so the selection isn't really that great but but yeah that's that's pretty much my closing point i just felt like talking about supermarkets for a bit and (laughs) trying to like tie that into no no, Uh, nothing wrong with it they are tied together i mean there's a reason those stores were those store shelves were empty there's a reason yeah yeah so it's definitely chucker so i felt like it it would be necessary we felt like it was necessary to you know mention that so that's my closing point i don't know if you have anything you want to have before i i think i did more than my share of talking this week (laughs) all right all right Thanks so much for listening. Take care and uh, see you all in the next one. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. Welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in, in the description. Thanks again for listening and until next time.